Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 132, The Fine-Tuning of Joy and Contentment. I am broadcasting live, live from me, from the downtown Marriott Hotel in Louisville. I think that's how they say it. They don't say Louisville. I don't think Louisville. We're out here in Kentucky, y'all. And I'm excited, man. I've got a little one-off episode. Uh, Jesse and I have been working hard to try to get our next episode uh, of Sacred Games together for you. But it's been difficult. We've had some scheduling conflicts on both ends. We've had some illnesses that uh, prevented us from recording together. But, uh, Lord willing, October 19th, uh, next week, we will uh, record... Our next episode in Sacred Games called Consumer Games. And this is going to be very important, I think a little challenging, at least it has been for me in the preparation, uh, because uh, we are a culture of consumers, man. We live in a consumer capitalistic free market uh, society, and there's this aspect where human beings, right, are treating religion as consumers now and, believe it or not, creating a sacred game out of our consumption. So we're going to do Consumer Games two ways, October 19th. Hope you will join us for that. Uh, But today, I wanted just to jump on here and talk a little bit about um, this idea of wisdom in life being a fine-tuning of joy uh, or contentment and discontent or dissatisfaction. Now, I'm using the term fine-tuning for reasons. Obviously, when you fine-tune something, like I'm going to be at a conference here, uh, the Leaders Summit with Harbor Network here uh, this evening, and there's sound engineers dialing in everything, right? Getting the levels correctly. I'm trying to do decent audio, actually, from a hotel room, which has terrible acoustics. I hopefully won't hear sirens from a, a fire engine in downtown Louisville. Uh, But fine-tuning of sound is kind of turning all the knobs to get it just right. I I certainly like the word fine-tuning because one of the wonderful scientific and philosophical arguments for the existence of God is what's known as the anthropic principle. Uh, You might say the strong anthropic principle or the the light or the weak anthropic principle. There's differences. But the, 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 the argument is, is when we look at the physics and cosmology of this universe, it seems like the physical constants, the mathematical descriptions and realities about the universe seem to be fixed, fine-tuned to precise values to allow life, not only life, but intelligent life to exist. Now, this isn't an episode about the anthropic principle or the fine-tuning argument for the existence of God, but let me throw you in a quote from a Christian philosopher Alan Plantinga, Alvin Plantinga. He said, one reaction to these apparent enormous coincidences, these constants of the universe, is to see them as substantiating the theistic claim that the universe has been created by a personal God and as offering the material for a properly restrained theistic argument, hence the fine-tuning argument. It is as if there's a large number of dials that have to be tuned to within extremely narrow limits for life to be possible in our universe. It is extremely unlikely that this should happen by chance, and much more likely this should happen if there is such a thing as the person 
of God. But I'm not talking about the fine-tuning argument for the existence of God. Maybe another episode in the future on the Gospel Underground. But today I want to apply this idea of fine-tuning to life itself, or, or living life in light of who God is and what He has told us, living life with wisdom. And what I mean by that, I want to give you two dials okay, today, two dials. The first one is one of joy and contentment that we have to find in this life amidst all its ups and downs, disappointments, amidst of disease and death and all of life under the sun that's broken, right? Uh, John Lennox, mathematician John Lennox calls it the barbed wire of existence, the difficulties, right? We have to be able to find joy or contentment within this life. Otherwise, right, we'll we'll be miserable, we'll be cynical, uh, nothing will gratify us in this life. We cannot live with one of the most important ingredients to human life and flourishing and, and use the H word happiness, and that's gratitude. If we can't find thankfulness or gratitude in the moments of our life, if that dial is too low, we will find misery in life under the sun. And now the other dial I want to give you is that of a kind of a dissatisfaction or a discontent that we can't be satisfied with who we are currently without change and development in our character. We can't be satisfied with the way the world and life under the sun is, right? We can't be satisfied with the state of life currently under the fall. Why? We hope for something more. In fact, without a strong hunger, a desire to create, to influence, to make change, uh, to make the world different, right? Uh, we'll just do nothing, try nothing, chill all the time, be like a slug in life. And this aspect of life is very important, this idea of hunger and hope. Now, what I mean by these two dials, uh, joy and contentment, this is in Philippians in the New Testament, chapter 4, where uh, early Christian leader, leader of kind of the Christian, the Jesus movement, uh, Paul, uh, Saul of Tarsus became Paul the Apostle, Uh, says this, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. Isn't that great to know somebody's looking out for you, caring about you? I've been telling my son since he he was born, I always got your back. I'm always looking out for you. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, Paul says, for I have learned, and here it is, in whatever situation I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low. Some of us don't know how to, you know, we don't know how to take an L in life or or have difficulty or suffering. Uh, I know how to abound. Some of us get arrogant in our successes and our abundance and, 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 and pride seeps in. But Paul says, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstances. I have learned the secret. Well, that's a big deal. Of facing plenty and facing hunger and abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, the peace of God that comes through a relationship with Jesus, that we're forgiven, our our debt of sin and unrighteous stuff, man, our own evil doing is forgiven and settled with God, that we're accepted, God's our Father, that we're fully part of the family, we're not getting kicked out, man, He's got our back. That gives us a contentment to face anything, man. I can chill on that, right? Go to bed and sleep well on that truth at night. But at the same time, you read certain things in the same book, in the book of Philippians, earlier in chapter 3, where same guy, right? Same guy says this, 
not that I have already obtained all this or have been made perfect. Now, he's talking about leaving behind a past life of both successes and failures, right? And and moving forward. He says, not that I've already attained all this and, and been made perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, you know, like, hey, hey man, we haven't arrived, right? We haven't arrived in everything, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind uh, and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Do you hear these two dials? I have to find joy and contentment in God, in His acceptance of me. It's a secret, right, of contentment. But at the same time, there's this desire for forward motion onward in life. And I want to give you these two words here as I close. The words hunger and hope. I've shared this before um, throughout my ministry on this podcast about hope, that hope is this kind of magnetic gravity pulling us forward into the future. You have no hope. You can't go anywhere. Uh, that we have a sure hope, a, an anchor to our soul, a future that's been established, that is coming, that the end of all things for us is glory, not death and decay, but resurrection to eternal life, the kingdom of God, hunger and hope. So where do we, where do we live now? Well, we want to keep those dials dialed in in proportion. I want to have a, a strong amount of, um, of, of contentment, right? that I can put my feet up and go to bed at night. And at the same time, I want to hunger for more. Um, Jesus even said this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uh, for justice, right? For they shall be satisfied or filled. So there's a hunger and a satisfaction. See those dials? Hope, we don't hope for what we already have, do we? We hope for that which we do not yet have. Now, uh, I'm going to look up this quote for you by G.K. Chesterton. This is, in fact, one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's from his book, Orthodoxy. It's in chapter, I think, five, The Flag of the World. And he says this, I know this feeling fills our epoch, and I think it freezes our epoch for our titanic purposes of faith and revolution. What we need is not the cold acceptance of the world as a compromise, but some way in which we can heartily hate it and heartily love it. We do not want joy, hear these dials, and anger to neutralize each other and produce a surely contentment. We want a fiercer delight and a fiercer discontent. We have to feel the universe is at once an ogre's castle to be stormed, right? Take on the world and yet as your own cottage to which we can return at evening. I hope you hear these dials, friends. We need to get after it. We don't need to give in to the tyranny of low expectations in this life. We should have goals. I tell my kids this all the time. It's okay. Try to be awesome. You can fall back in failures and successes into the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. It's a cottage that we can return to 
and evening. So I want to encourage you, if maybe you're just kind of settling in this life, settling for what God could do in and through you. If you're just settling, how about you turn up the dial? How about you tune it a little bit? Turn up the dial of passion, of hope, and hunger to do well, to, to pursue your goals. Man, this has application to all sorts of things. Maybe it's to your relationships, your friendships, your marriage, your relationship with your kids. Maybe it's your wrestling career. Maybe it's your business career. Whatever it might be for you, maybe you need to turn that dial up a little bit and be a little unsettled, a little dissatisfied with the world. Now, if you're always striving, if you have the inner voice that's only condemnation, that only says you're not good enough, you're trash, you're not it, uh, you're not enough, you maybe need to turn up that sweet dial of the love and grace of God and say you are a daughter or a son fully accepted by faith in Jesus Christ and then now free not only free from all that self-loathing and self-condemnation for where we all fall short, but free to dial up the intensity and go for it again. Thanks, guys, for joining me today. The Gospel Underground Podcast is produced in partnership with the Bonhoeffer House. We'll have Jesse back here October 19th. Lord willing, review us on iTunes. Five stars. Please, go drop a couple sentences. Man, I've had a lot of feedback. Hey, I'm loving the podcast. I'm loving Sacred Games. Go drop that on iTunes. It helps us get visibility. We do no marketing. We do no advertising. You're organic. You're our voice in this world. Share the word. Send your comments, feedbacks, questions that you might want us to take up to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture. And we hope to see you out there. Peace.